When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. and <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide DeleteMe with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have DeleteMe. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. DeleteMe is not just a one-time service. DeleteMe is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. The Fed raised interest rates again. Subscription fees, a new survey came out. They are killing our bank accounts. Oh, and in case you didn't notice, there was actually a bloodbath in the markets. So it just didn't seem right to let the week go by without us at least having a conversation about what this all means to you. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. Today, we're talking an inside look at the latest money news and trends, the market tumbles, and the Fed raises rates. Brain. 
So today's Ask Shauna is from Brittany, and Brittany wrote in, Hey, Shauna, I tell everyone about your podcast because I love all the info and you make me think, which I figure is a good thing. I don't want to drag on and on, but I do have a quick question. I noticed the Fed raised the interest rates again, and my question to you is, should I even care? Does it impact me? Can you give me the Cliff Notes version of what I need to know about this each time the rate goes up? Thanks so much, your friend, Brittany. Great question, Brittany, and you actually spurred on a whole podcast episode. As I said in the intro, there's been so much that has been going on in the last couple of weeks. I figured we needed to do a little check-in about this. We need to have a little conversation, not in-depth about all of these subjects, but just a little touch-up, should I say, on how you should be thinking and how some of these things actually impact you because it's important to understand And I think there are a lot of terms that gets thrown out, and a lot of us, frankly, don't listen to the news. We watch CNN, but all we hear is whatever is happening on the latest crazy tweet that President Trump has done, and we don't actually hear a lot about financial information. And some of the information is, frankly, over a lot of our heads. I know when I was first in the financial industry, And I grew up with a father who is in the financial industry, so a lot of the terms I was really comfortable with, and we would sit around the dinner table and we'd talk about the stock market and we'd talk about stocks. So I was really familiar with the vocabulary, but there were still a lot of things that were confusing to me, like the Fed and interest rates and just really complicated things that that didn't really have an impact in my life. Certainly in my early 20s, I could care less about the Fed. I could really care less about the stock market then, even though I had a super robust 401k and we were saving the max every single year, it still didn't really have an impact on me. And you might be in the same situation where a lot of these things, like you hear them out in the ethers, but they don't actually resonate in your life. And that's cool. So, you know, maybe you brush by a lot of this stuff, but I think it's important to understand at least the Cliff Notes version like Brittany asked for. So the Fed, we'll start with the Fed. They raised the rates yet again, as to be expected. We knew this was going to happen. The interest rates were brought all the way down after the 2008-2009 debacle, all the way down as low as they could possibly go. So the only way to go from there is upwards, and we're feeling it now. The economy's more stable, people are more optimistic, there are more jobs being stimulated, and so the Fed's like, okay, this is a good time, let's raise the interest rates, and they've been doing it by a quarter percent by a quarter percent, so that's what happened yet again. And I think if we're going to talk about the the Cliff Notes version and not, I'm not going to bore you with all this information, God forbid, but enough that you could be a little bit lethal at a cocktail party, a little happy hour with your friends. You could throw out a few little pieces of information that might surprise some people. Or hey, if you're on a first date and you want to just pretend like you're super smart. So the Fed raises rates. When they raise rates, it affects things like your credit card interest rates, mortgage rates will rise if you're looking to buy a new house. Really anything that has a variable loan component will change. If you're paying off your student loans and you don't have a fixed rate, likely your payment will jump up a little bit. Not significantly, but you've probably already seen a few payment increases this year. 
I, it's exhausting whenever those letters come in the mail. We're still paying off the very last threads of a student loan. And every time those letters come in the mail, I'm like, all right, how much money do you want now? I mean, just take it out of my account. What am I going to do? So uh, you probably might be feeling that if, you, if you're paying back a variable student loan rate. So there was an interesting survey that came out recently by creditcards.com, and I will link all of the things that I'm talking about in this episode in the show notes. So if you want to go over and check them out and hear more information, but they had some cool, interesting findings. So the average credit card interest rate right now is 17.01%, which is up from 16.15% this time last year and 15.22% two years ago. So what you can take away from that, you don't need to memorize those numbers, God forbid. But what you can see is that as the interest rates have been going up, the credit card interest rates are also going up. It doesn't mean, well, it means something to everybody. So I'm just going to say that across the board. But if you've got a good credit score, if your credit score is 740 plus, likely you're at a lower interest rate. Maybe you were one of those people who got 0% interest rates. Maybe you have a lower interest rate. If you have a credit score that is not so great, you might even be well above 17%. You may be in the mid 20%. So just something to note that although you're probably not going to feel it in your minimum payment every month, there is more interest that's being added on to whatever debt you have on your credit cards. Also, they found the average credit card charges. This is crazy. 5.5 potential fees, which is actually down from 5.9 fees a year ago. So they're charging a lot of, they're making money off your money, which is another reason why I'm just a huge fan of using your credit cards like a debit card. You pay it off every month and then you don't even have to worry about whatever interest rate these people are charging. You're just going to go, okay, thank you. Please give me my points. Please give me a cash back. Please give me what whatever it is you're getting from your credit card. And bye-bye, thank you. I don't need your crazy interest rate. It's one of the best ways I think you can win at the credit card game. If you're using a debit card to pay all your expenses, I totally get it. I totally understand not wanting to go into debt, not wanting to deal with all of this, but if you're using your debit card, A, you're not building your credit score because your debit card, even though it has the Leal Visa and MasterCard logo on it, has absolutely nothing to do with your credit score, has everything to do with your bank account. Money just comes out of your bank account. So that means if you're going to build your credit score, you've got to actually use a credit card. But you just know how to win at the game. You just know how to beat them. Like I said, take all those points, take all that cash back, bank that stuff away, use it for other things. But tell them they can shove it when it comes to their interest rate, which is my personal opinion. <laughs> so some more from the survey, they found the worst offender with credit cards is a card from First Premier Bank, which charges 12 possible fees. Basically, they're trying to get you however they can. That's just, uh, it's just horrible. The number of credit cards charging foreign transaction fees has declined from 61 in 2016 to 52. I like that because I think a lot of these credit card companies now, they have to be competitive because there's so much competition out there. And with all of these sites like creditcards.com, 
NerdWallet, all these sites, like we can compare credit cards and we can look and we can compare and contrast who's charging what. And I go for all the cards that have no foreign transaction fees, that have all sorts of bonuses and points and things like that. If they have an annual fee, I don't care because I can call and try and get that fee waived. And if I have to pay it for a few years, I pay it for a few years. I'm getting so much more in points and cash back and all of that other good stuff that I don't even care about that stupid $95 fee. It doesn't mean anything to me. I, I, I reap the benefits far more so than paying that silly fee. That's just my personal take on it. And I know a lot of people don't want to get one of the rewards credit cards because of the annual fees, but I'm just a big fan of not letting that freak you out because if you're using the credit card correctly or you're using it for almost everything in your life, again, you're getting so much more back than that crazy $95 fee. And every year you can call and try and get that puppy waived. And I've heard from so many of you listening to the podcast that you've done that successfully. So if that gives you any courage to go and do it yourself, I just, I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) So a couple things to think about. So if we are trying to get a home loan, just know interest rates are on the rise. This is bound to happen. And what this means for you is that your... The, uh, let me think of a good way to say this. The amount of money that you're approved for for a loan, it's impacted a little bit by the interest rate, right? So the amount of interest that the bank is charging equates to how much home you can buy. So technically, as the rates get higher and higher, it just costs more for you to potentially buy that home. Also, if you're on a variable interest rate, you might have a fixed interest rate for five or seven years. But after that time period, your rate's going to start adjusting. So my advice to you is refinance before you get into that time period because rates are only going upwards. How far they go, I don't really know, but I can tell you they went all the way down. They're coming back up. So there's going to be some leveling off point, obviously, but they're definitely on the rise. If you don't know what your credit score is, you should find out. You want to figure out how to better your credit score because it really are the, uh, that's really bad English. (laughs) They really are the most important three digit number that's ever going to be attached to you. It's far more important than whatever size jeans you wear (laughs) or whatever numbers in your bank account, even though, yes, I know you need money in your bank account to pay your bills, but your credit score is really, really important. So if you want to improve your credit score, Two things to focus on. There's 65% of your credit score. Focus on paying your bills on time. Easy peasy. You can totally do that one. And number two, work on lowering something that's called your credit utilization rate to 30%. Quick little example, easy, easy math here. Let's say you have one credit card and your available balance is a thousand bucks. Aim to not have more than $300 of debt on that card at any particular time. That's 30% of your available balance. That is what's called your credit utilization rate. Do that with every single card you have. If you needed to get another card to space out the amount of debt you have, do it. It's going to better your credit score. Another thing, we talked about this, but have you asked for interest rate reduction? Even just a quarter percent interest rate deduction if you owe money on that credit card can make a big difference overall if you're trying to pay off that debt. And then if you have debt, can you roll it on a zero interest credit card? Can you 
work the system in your favor so that these interest rate rises don't affect you as much when you're in this payoff period on your credit card. Budgeting and saving money is already hard enough, but making sure the money is growing over time is so much harder. And let's get real, with today's cost of living, investing is one of the only ways you can achieve most of your financial goals, especially those milestones like buying your first house. And wouldn't you agree that investing gets even harder when you want to achieve multiple financial goals and they all have different timeframes? But what if you could outsource the investing side and only focus on planning your financial goals out online instead? Emperor Investments, a new goal-oriented investment platform, can help you do just that and is giving Millennial Money listeners a free six-month trial so you can see how big of a difference investing can make. So why should you give them a try? Well, Emperor is more of a lifestyle investment company. This means they understand that investors have different goals and dreams and are committed to helping you achieve all of them. All you have to do is enter the details of your goal and Emperor creates customized portfolios designed to meet your needs. The portfolios are comprised of some of the largest and best known dividend paying US companies and historically outperform the market. So you can achieve your goals even faster. You can learn more about Emperor and claim your six-month free trial by visiting emperorinvests.com slash money. Again, that's emperorinvests.com slash my money. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 
14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. All right. So, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. (laughs) I said in the intro, a bloodbath in the markets, and it wasn't really a bloodbath. I mean, it wasn't 2008, 2009 level, but there was a huge sell-off in the markets, the biggest since March 2018. But many experts expected this to happen. They've been calling it since the beginning of the year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. A lot of people have been expecting about a 10% downturn. And a lot of them point to the tariffs, but still say that even with the market sell-off, the market is still relatively underpriced 
Again, I know it's hard to believe when those numbers are going down and down and all you see is red and red on on the stock tickers. And, you know, you're going to see this multiple times over your lifetime. The stock market doesn't always go up, but it goes up about 75% of the time. If we're looking back in history, about 75% of the time the market has gone up. That's pretty good odds in your favor. And even if you had to ride a few downturns, as long as it doesn't happen in the year you're trying to stop working and you're trying to retire, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay as long as you're smart with how your money is invested. So we go back to the basics. We go back to don't panic. And I know it's hard. I watched my portfolio like vaporized in 2008, 2009. And oh, it was so hard, even even though I, I know how this works and I knew what was happening and I knew that that was the right time to keep buying and keep buying and keep buying in and keep with the strategy, keep with the strategy, keep with the strategy. And I'm so glad that I did, but there were still days where I was like, oh, I can't even look at my app on my phone. I don't even want to see these numbers because it feels really fake, I think, when your money is growing. It's like, oh, hey, cool, my my portfolio is going. Hey, cool, my 401k is growing. Yeah, yeah, it's going up. But when those numbers start going down, it's like, what the F? What? What just happened? I lost how much? What? 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 plus? Uh, excuse me, no, I don't think so. And you start to feel that, like, that physical pain inside. But you have to... Mm, press against that a little bit because this is the nature of the beast. But I go back to it's funny. I was I, I, this is a side story, but I promise you it relates. I uh, I teach a class at Cal State Northridge out here in Los Angeles, and a, a lot of the students had to do an essay on credit score, and they were talking about how. They were very anti-debt and they didn't want to invest because it was very confusing. They didn't want to lose money. And it it really worries me. And you might be in this position where you're thinking the same thing. Like, I, I just don't understand it. I don't like it. I, I, I'm only going to lose my money. But the problem is, is that if you only keep your cash under your mattress or in your bank account, it's not growing. It's not going anywhere. Even in a high-yield savings account, it's going to be growing a little bit, but it's not going anywhere. It's not even keeping up with inflation. It's not pushing you forward. And even if you have a lot of debt, I understand the drag and, and how that pulls you back and the emotional turmoil that is for you, but you have to try to grow your money positively in the forward direction. And if you don't like investing, there are ways to be more conservative with your investing. You don't have to be totally crazy and all in the stock market, but you have to have some opportunity for it to grow forward more than one and a half percent or whatever the high yield uh, savings rates are paying. So just a little, little food for thought. Of course, you want to make sure you're well diversified in your portfolio. If you're working with a company, if you're working with a robo-advisor, likely you are. And this is also a great time to check on your investments, especially if you're with a robo-advisor. What are the fees? What are you paying? Understand it. It's your money. Understand how your money is uh, being allocated. You're always going to pay fees. 
you're always going to pay fees. But but the key is how low a fees can you pay and still have your money invested in a well-diversified portfolio that is growing in the direction to meet your needs. Are you happy with your portfolio choice? Does it match how risky you want to be? Maybe you don't feel as comfortable being as risky right now. That's okay. Just back your foot off the the risk accelerator a little bit. It's okay. You can go back on it when you feel more comfortable. And can you invest more money month to month? It sounds counterintuitive if I tell you the market's had a bloodbath. Why would I put more money into it? Well, why do you buy stuff off the sale rack? (laughs) Because it's on sale. And the same sort of concept works with the stock market. And I understand you might have your own thinking around this, but overall, I just, I don't want you to get sucked into the news. I don't want you to get sucked into uh, that everything is terrible and bad. I want you to really understand that it's going to be okay and that this is going to happen so many times over your lifetime. You just want to try to avoid, if you can, and, and this is really hard to do, but you want to try to avoid one of those 2008, 2009 at the exact moment that you decide, hey, I want to put the the stop button on working. That's just what you're trying to avoid there. Not always humanly possible, but hey, it's worth a try. So we're moving on to those little pesky subscription fees. I love my subscriptions. I love my subscriptions. I think subscriptions have been one of the best inventions ever. You want me to pay $7 or $9 or uh, whatever Netflix is charging now for me to be able to watch unlimited movies? Okay, I'll do that because I'm going to watch way more movies than that. Is it $9 now or is it 7 That's how bad. I I, I think it's $9.99. I'm going to stand by the $9.99 but I'm going to get more out of it than the $9.99. And and I like that. I'm okay with it. But I recently did an audit of our accounts and I found there were more than a few subscriptions we just weren't using, like flat out weren't using. And so I went through one by one, canceled all of those, and we saved right under $50 a month. And to me, that's real money. That was money we were paying for stupid stuff that we weren't even using like old business subscriptions that I had for uh, just for stupid stuff, for social media. We had some subscriptions for food box, food delivery boxes, things like that we weren't really using. So, um, you know, why not get rid of them? And I use an app that I love. This is not a plug for them, but this is just something I find super helpful. It's an app called Trim. Have you heard of this? It's 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 like it's a fantastic app. They help you find things each month that you can cut out. Subscriptions being one of them. But they look at all sorts of other things, all sorts of bills that you have and and try to help you figure out if there's a better way you can allocate your money. I, I really think it's it's an app worth the memory download on your phone. But there was a study that came out by finder.com. And it's cited that convenience services make life easier, of course, right? But dissing DIY comes at a cost. According to a recent finder.com study, Americans are spending $177 billion on convenience services each year. (laughs) That's a lot of money. With 46% spending on services such as delivery, driving, handiwork, pet needs, and subscription boxes. I think we might all be guilty of one of those in there. 
The most common type of convenience Americans are willing to pay for is food delivery, with roughly 45% of Americans spending on average $63 a month on services like Seamless, Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, Caviar, I've never even heard of Caviar, and Eat24. That is an estimated $7 billion each month or $84 billion a year spent to avoid cooking at home. (laughs) Hey, I love to cook. I am a great cook. I make a mean risotto. Do not, you cannot give me a recipe that I will not figure out how to make that as best as possible. I'm going to mess up on some things. I made a cake a couple of years ago for my birthday when I was first dating Jeff and it was a disaster. I don't know what happened, but it was one of those days where just everything went wrong. It wouldn't come out of the pan and it didn't rise right. And I stood there and I just was crying in front of this cake. And he's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I, I, I tried to make this cake and it's terrible and look at it, it's horrible and I don't know what to do. And I, I mean, this is a cake. This is like the easiest thing in the world to make. And so he did the only thing that a true loving husband would do for his wife that was standing there in tears over this cake. He put his head down, mouth I should say, down into that cake, took a big bite out of the middle of that cake, looked up at me with cake all around his face and said, I don't see what's wrong with it. (laughs) It was just, it was so amazing. I wish I had captured it. And I could do nothing but of course start laughing because I thought it was both loving and hysterical that somebody would do that. So we cite that quite often. (laughs) But back to my point, we should learn to cook. If you don't know how to cook, we should learn. I, I will gladly come over to your house and I will teach you how to cook because if we can save $84 billion a year just learning how to cook, let's even cut that in half. Let's go to 42 billion. Let's say we eat half of our meals out and half of our meals we cook at home. That's a lot of money. I, I kind of think we have a lot more things we could do with that money than just spend it on all of these different food delivery services. But interesting, back to this survey, they also found that subscription services revealed its popularity among Americans, if we didn't know that already. 44% spending an estimated $2 billion each month on signups with HelloFresh, BarkBox, Rent the Runway, bringing the service to the second most common convenience, obviously behind cooking at home. So a couple of things are clear. Obviously, we don't either know how to cook or we don't like to cook. And B, we do not like to go to the pet store to get anything for our pets. And we need help cooking. And we don't want to shop. So please just send me my clothes to my house. Have we have we gotten lazy? Is that what we are? Or are these convenience services, like, do they actually add more to our life? Are, are they giving us back more time to our life? Or are we just doing this stuff because it's what everybody else is doing? I don't know. These are just questions I'm asking you. I'm, I don't really have a good good answer. I use some of these, of course. Our, our subscription fees primarily are based around movies or entertainment because that's just what we love. And we both cook. We love to cook. So that's never an issue with us. But I don't know. I just I just think it's interesting. So I think for you, an interesting exercise, why don't you scrub your accounts? See if there's any subscriptions you're not using. 
I can almost guarantee you that you might find at least something. And then can you put any of that savings into your goals? Even if it's only a couple bucks a month, it's something going in the positive direction. But don't just stop there. I would also look look for any ATM fees you've paid. Uber and Lyft fees, what are those? Is there anything that is causing your bank account to bleed money that you can do a little... I don't know, a little fast fix on, make make a little adjustment. I'm not saying cut out this stuff because that's not fun. That's not life. But just at least have an awareness of where your cash is going every month. I think that's really like three quarters of the battle. So the holidays are coming up and I thought I wanted to end talking about this. The travel is getting more expensive. And I, th- I think we all know this, especially if you travel a lot, but I found some really interesting stats in a recent wallet hub survey they found that 33 million americans actually won't travel these holidays because they can't afford it so if we go back to at the beginning of the podcast and we were talking about using your credit card correctly if you're using your credit card and you're reaping those rewards and cash back maybe they can actually help you travel if that's something you want to do so Wallet Hub found that four in ten people don't plan to travel this winter because of course they can't afford it. And millennials are actually twelve times more likely than baby boomers to apply for a new credit card to save on winter travel. So I'm just gonna give a big old applause to you millennials because I think you're doing it right. I think maybe you could teach the baby boomers a little something here. More than 90% of people believe airlines take advantage of holiday travelers. Well, of course. I mean, we can't, (laughs) I can't argue that. But they also found in the survey the best credit card for winter travel was actually the Barclay Arrival Plus card. It has a bonus worth 600 bucks in travel for spending $5,000 in the first 90 days. 2.1% back on all purchases when you redeem miles for travel and no annual fee for the first year. It's 89 bucks after that. But again, we've already said who cares about that. We can can try and get that waived. So if, if you're looking to travel this holiday season, granted, a lot of these credit cards, if you were to sign up for a new credit card today to try and get the bonus miles, you're not gonna make it in time. You're gonna be more looking at a Valentine's Day, March, travel just by the time those three months go by and then they put the points in your account. But it's still a good time if you're thinking about for the summer, you want to get some extra points. Definitely uh, check out the Barclay Arrival Plus card. It's one of my favorites. I use the Chase Sapphire Preferred card a lot, but I've had my eye on the Barclay card for some time now and it seems to be getting better and better. But figure out which card matches with your goals? Do you want rewards? Do you want miles? Do you want cash back? What is it that you're looking for? So we have a strategy where we put all of our expenses on three different credit cards to rack up our rewards. And we use one point for or one point, one card for airline miles, one card for hotels, and one card for whatever. If we want to put it towards airline, if we want gift certificates or cash back, whatever it is. We have lots of different options with the three cards. One's a business card. One is a card we put all of our home stuff on. And another card is the one we use whenever we fly so we don't have to pay those dumb baggage fees. 
So that's the strategy we use and we pay them off each month. We always, again, negotiate the annual fee. Anytime there's an interest rate rise, I'm always calling to get an interest rate deduction. I'm just asking the questions. I'm not being a passive money consumer. I'm I'm really, I'm not going to win every time I come up to bat. I'm not going to score every time I ask to get the annual fee waived, but I'm going to score enough times that it's going to be worth it for me to do it. And then it makes sense for me to keep using these credit cards the way I'm using them. So that was just a little fun insight to to end this episode. Like I said, I couldn't not do an episode about all this stuff that's going on. We've got the holidays coming up. There's just so much happening in our economy, in the U.S., we have elections coming up. I mean, it's just kind of crazy overload. And, you know, it's interesting to sit back and to think about some of these things and think about how they're going to have an impact on you personally. And that's what I want you to understand is not just to be a passive listener to a lot of this, but at least to get the cliff note version like Brittany's talking about. So you have a little more insight and you can really put some of these things into action. You can think about how they impact you and how they impact your goals because that's the reason we're here and that's the reason why I come back every Tuesday and Thursday to try and give you as much information and as many different looks and takes and insight and stories, whatever it may be, so that at the end of the day, you can just knock your goals out of the park. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Millennial Money. I'll be back on Friday with a fresh episode for you to check out. But in the meantime, if you love this episode and you found value in the content we share with you, I totally appreciate it. If you do me a favor, head on over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. I promise to be your BFF for life. 